They say small business is the backbone of America. So what's the best way to support a small business? It is to learn more about them and share with your family and friends. We interview founders from across the world who have started and scaled their business through the ups and downs, long hours, and the rewards that come from sacrificing their time to build their business. Welcome to First to Arrive, Last to Leave, The Journey of an Entrepreneur. All right, welcome to another episode of First to Arrive, Last to Leave. I'm Erin Greger. Unfortunately, my co-host Courtney had a something pop up in Florida, and I still wanted to talk to Kate today because, oh, okay, like I got emotional reading about you. I got emotional like with five words talking to you, so I did not want to move this meeting, and I'm so honored to have you here. Today, I have Kate Eisler. Kate, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, so thrilled to have you. So Kate is uh, CEO and co-founder of W Marketplace. She's an author uh, of the book Breaking Borders. She's a speaker. Uh, she's an entrepreneur. She's a former tech executive for Microsoft. We have so much to talk about, Kate. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. So, um, all right. So usually we start like where you started the business, but I know you have a really great storied history that I want to cover before we jump into the business, because I know that had a lot to do with leading into the business. And I don't want to, you know, quickly go over this. So can you talk a bit about what was happening in your career? Like I mentioned, you were 20 years in Microsoft. Um, There's some unhappiness going on. We can even go, you know, through some of the stuff at Microsoft, you end up having to find another job. And um, you, it, it's, it's a bit more difficult than you think. So can you talk a little bit about that, that coming rising within Microsoft and then where you kind of found yourself in a bit of a conundrum? You bet. Um, so first of all, I am the most unlikely person to have been anywhere near a technology company. I'm just, that's not, that wasn't my background and it wasn't my ambition at all. I, um, Pixiel on a map, and I moved here um, with my cat, and I really didn't know anyone. I knew one person, and I was in the middle of college. I had I turned 21 about four days after I got to Seattle. So I've always been a little bit of a risk taker, and so there's way more behind that, but but I have been. And so I moved to Seattle, and it was a few years, and I you know, kind of did a lot of jobs. I had an associate degree in photography. So I worked at a film lab, oddly enough. I um, worked doing market research at grocery stores. I was a receptionist, you know, all the things you do when you're young. Ended up at an ad agency. And the person who had, I had taken her position at this agency and it was like my first real job, like steady paycheck. I thought I have arrived, so good. Um, she called me and said she went to work for a, a startup company and she knew the job I was doing. And if I had been successful there, I would clearly fit in at her company. And so did I want to interview? And I said, well, golly, you know, it was, um, I live in Seattle. And so it was a little bit far away and I was like, I don't know. And, but okay. And so I did, and it was Microsoft. And so it was That's really- crazy. It was really crazy. It was literally by accident. And so I spent many years there and, you know, I kind of, 
I am a little bit of an adventure seeker. And so I was in the U.S. working for them, um, loved it. It was, you know, they were very interested in who you were and how you thought, not really what your credentials were. And so, and, you know, sort of getting it off the table right now, I had no college degree, but I was right behind the mission. I was like, oh my gosh, we could really make a difference. And now I think about that and I think a computer on every desk and in every home I like, oh my God, or in every pocket. <laughs> and so, you know, that was crazy. So I did that, but a few years after I worked there, I got an email about a guy that um, worked at the company who I knew who I didn't have a lot of respect for, and he had been promoted and was moving to Paris. And I was like, oh, I can totally do that. Why not? And so I raised my hand. And within a very short period of time, um, I got offered a job in the Middle East. So I talked my husband into quitting his job and taking our then two-year-old to Dubai in the early 90s. Wow. I'm so, okay. I don't want to pause the story, but I just have to say, I'm so freaking impressed that you were at a place where you're like, hell yeah, I want to go too. Like, and you rose and you raised your hand. So not many women do that, but keep going. I'm sorry. What exactly. And, and so I did that throughout my career. I've done that throughout my career and I promised it would be two years. And so, you know, like everything, um, six international moves later, three kids in 20 years, we came back to the States. And so, um, but, you know, one of the, the most important things about that is that um, it is women self-select out. We decide that we can't do things because people depend on us our families, our husbands, we have children, um, we don't have the right qualifications or the money or the networking. Okay, I didn't have any of those. And I think that, you know, and I know that was a while ago, but I've continued to operate like that. Mm. And I really tell this story and really talk about it because it's important not to do that. You never know until you try. Yes, 100%. How were you raised? Because that's I'm really curious about that. I grew up with a father who was very progressive in a lot of ways, still kind of old school in ways too. But it was very much like he taught me the finances. He told me, like showed me why he was making certain decisions. So I learned a lot there. Did you grow up? Like, I would love to know like where you got the confidence at such a young age. Now women kind of understand why we mess our, you know what I mean? We learn these yeah. things, but to know yeah. that, 20 years ago is really amazing. Um, that is a fine question. And all of my family members ask me that regularly because they think, you know, where are you from? Because <laughs> no, um, actually, I spent the first 10 years of my life living in motels. So wow. my father ran holiday inns. And so not not nice ones, you know, <laughs> motels. Um, and so we lived on the property. And so I I moved a lot and I had the benefit of observing a lot of people and a lot of different lifestyles. And so I was a little bit, you know, from the word go, I was interested in what could be. And so I actually left my home at about 15. And so I have just, you know, kind of tried things out. And 
again, not all of them successful. And I'm very honest about that. I've made some really great decisions and some really bad decisions in my life and in relationships and in parenting and in jobs. And, and I think that it's important to say that, you know, there's no storied career or no storied life and you learn and it's what you do with it. And I am a huge proponent of Listen, if anyone's doubting whether they should try it, call me and I will say, what's the risk? Really weigh out that risk. And what if, can you sleep at night if you don't? Mm. And that's where I always was. I'm like, oh my gosh, I could, I could have an easy life and I could sort of live this way. And I've built a, you know, a yeah. life around that. But gosh, what if I don't try this? has been my philosophy. So no, I wasn't raised that way. Um, I am a, a very much a, gosh, I can try that. And why can't I try that kind of a person? And that's how I've always worked. Oh, I love it. Okay. So let's go to W Marketplace. Um, this, in the story of, you know, what made you decide to start this and, you know, a little, what led you into the entrepreneur path? Can you talk about what was happening where, you know, the storied career kind of was falling apart a little bit and you decided to make your own path? Absolutely. So I had um, amazing opportunities with Microsoft and lived all over the world and went to places I never imagined and really enjoyed it until I didn't. And I came back to the U S and, um, you know, I was like every other mother and wife, you know, I was the sole breadwinner and I had a kid in college and a kid in high school and one in middle school. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have all these responsibilities and I'm tied to this. And I was miserable because, you know, I had gotten to a level at the company where I had lots of responsibility. But when I looked around, I thought, I don't want to do this forever. And I just, and I had a terrible boss which we've all, we've all been in those shoes. Right. And so I was at that point where I was like, but I can't do anything about it. I'm powerless. And so I, you know, like many stayed two years too long. And when I did leave, my self-esteem was so low and I had decided that I was useless and tried to get a job, you know, because I thought, okay, well, I've had all this experience. I've lived and worked all over the world. I've had huge organizations, big P&Ls, you know, I've, I've had all this. So clearly this won't be hard. And I kept getting stopped and people would say, well, where'd you get your degree and what was it in? I was like, well, you know, I didn't, and I don't have one, but I have all this experience. <laughs> you and, only have like 20 years of experience uh, at Microsoft, but uh -huh, yeah. Uh -huh, yeah. Come on. And they were like, yeah, well, that's a requirement. Uh, you know, I was like, okay, well, I don't have that. And so, um, a friend of a friend kind of got a hold of me and said, uh, you know, I have this idea for a startup and we have funding lined up, but the guy won't give us the money until we have somebody reasonable to run the company. So I was like, well, how hard can that be? I'll do that, you know, sort of. Well, okay, let me just say I know exactly how hard that is. And that's not even close to what I'm doing today because I unfortunately learned a lot of hard lessons and lost a lot of money. And during that time decided, oh gosh, you know, I've got to finish school too. And so I um, worked at my startup from like Sunday night till Friday night. And then Friday nights, 
I would, you know, kind of, I did a bunch of online classes. I did summer classes at the, at the university. So I take off in the mornings and then write papers at night. It was like crazy for about a year, but I finished school and I was, you know, kind of in that place where I was like, okay, well, I'm not a very good entrepreneur, but now I've learned a lot of lessons and I've graduated. But during that time also, um, I learned about, you know, I had learned about International Women's Day while I was overseas. And I was so inspired by the fact that most countries, even countries, so I spent time in the Middle East, Eastern Europe, Central Asia, you know, all over the world where you would think would be less hospitable to women. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in those places, they celebrated women's contributions across a bunch of areas of life. So social and culture and economic and, you know, all these things. Whereas when I came back to the U.S., we celebrated Mother's Day. Yeah. I was like, well, I like being a mother, but that's not the whole me. Mm -mm. And so I need to expand this. And so a friend was was living here from Europe and we were like, okay, well, we're kind of having a hard time. You know, entrepreneurship's hard. School's hard. Miserable. (laughs) Let's go to an International Women's Day event. And it'll make us feel better. And we couldn't find one in Seattle. Wow. Crazy, right? And so we- There's really not a lot though. No, we were like, okay, well, how hard can this be? Let's have one (laughs) as you do. And so we did. And our first event was in 2015, Mm -hmm. 80 people there. And by 2020, we had about 600 people that would come. That's amazing. yeah, and we we founded a nonprofit, and that is still in ongoing, and we still work on that a lot. I have a, a co-founder who was actually that friend, and that's called Be Bold for Change, and we um, celebrate women. We celebrate women and and girls, and you know, really work on giving them space to talk and to engage and to be bold, really. Mm-hmm. And so that is fun, and we still do an International Women's Day event every year. Is it in Seattle only, or do you go around to other places? We go to other places now. So we're in Seattle. We did our eighth event this year in Seattle. We um, opened an event in London this year and in Paris next year. Wow. We're looking at Atlanta for 2024 also. Awesome. That's amazing. I used to do, I did events for a big entrepreneur event. It's no joke. It's no joke. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's what led me to what I'm doing now. So that, you know, I had two introductions to entrepreneurship, both from a for-profit that was not so successful and non-profit that was, but, you know, I'm never deterred. Yeah. (laughs) And so so 2020, we had our event and it was the, actually the 7th, I believe, of March. So the day before International Women's Day, just as the world was closing down. Yeah. And, you know, it was like, okay, well, you know, we had sold all the tickets and then everything started to kind of fall apart in the US. And then when it was very clear that it wasn't going to be two weeks Mm -hmm. and the impact was so disproportionately felt by women, you know, I felt like, okay, well, you know, now I I am not a very good um, puzzle person. There's only so much I can cook. 
and I have an abundance of resources and just enough tech experience to be dangerous. And so I was like, well, you know, here's the thing. I need to do something to support women's economic issues and help them. And everyone was online shopping. So we start the W Marketplace. So how long did it take you to go from, I have this idea to here's our website, go shop? Oh my gosh. Um, I have been told by many of my business partners and my co-founder in the W Marketplace that my, how long something takes to do is broken. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, you know, everybody has that mechanism and yours doesn't work. I'm like, well, and so we um, actually got our business license in May and we were open um, and transacting in September. That's amazing. Cause it's like, you can buy straight from your site too. Like it's, which that's the hard part. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the thing, you know, I think about it. We are, um, have over 500 women owned businesses that are on the site selling products and services. We have about 9,000 products right now. Wow. And you can buy from as many of them as you want at one. So think Amazon for women. That's a very complex back end too. So that's really impressive. So how do you vet the women that come on? And then, I mean, I can't imagine the management of it too, but how do you vet to to bring them on and um, where they can be listed? Is it, I just show up or do I have to have certain things? So you, we're not a certifier. So we have a bunch of different um, sort of categories of businesses and types of businesses, really. So when I think about, you know, you can absolutely show up and we have a, you know, sell on the site. We approve your products and look through them and make sure that they're legitimate products and that you're, you know, kind of have a business to run. And so that's the thing. But we are not going to go in and certify women owned or not. Okay. There is a section for women owned that we take certified women owned and we put them into a, a specific collection. So if you want to shop by only certified women owned, you can do that. We have um, community identifiers. And so we're a pretty diverse group of sellers and women on the site. So right now, I think we're about 15% black owned. We're 11% AAPI, about 8% Latina. What's AAPI? Sorry. Um, Asian and um, oh, Pacific. Okay. Yeah. Island. yeah. And so, you. yeah, sure. Um, and then we are LGBTQA plus. Um, and we're about 2% and then 2% veteran also. So it's a pretty broad group. Yeah. I mean, we're representative of women. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of us. We are we start 40% of the businesses in the US. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we're so underrepresented everywhere. Like it's it's crazy. So you're three years in now to this business. What have been like some of the big obstacles you've had to overcome in just I mean, this is a whole new industry, you know, like you said, I knew tech, but didn't know tech. And, you know, you had to become a tech company very quickly. What are some of those obstacles you've had to overcome as you've grown this? Well, so there's a couple of things. One is um, from a, I can speak from a us business, but also there's a little bit of, you know, we represent two sides of 
audience. So both the seller side and how to service that customer base and then the consumer side. So on the seller side, it became very clear to us very early that, you know, the whole hype of you could just start your own website and everybody can make a lot of money is mm. not accurate and, and women need support. So Early on, we started working with the Small Business Administration um, in Southern California and actually in Washington to really set up women to be successful. So we created a little bit of a workshop training program so that we could you know, get them up and running on our site. And so that sort of has grown and blossomed to we have created curriculum for women-owned businesses that is not really, um, it's channel agnostic. And when I say that, I say that really intentionally because our mission is economic development for women. Mm -hmm. And it is to give them an income by owning a business. And so to do that, you've got to sell products on multiple channels, you know, retail and online and everything. And so we've done, um, we've created curriculum based on feedback and a little bit of research and kind of honed what we're doing into a full accelerator program that we, That's you know, awesome. go from, you know, how to list and be successful on e-commerce to what's, you know, what's the right channels for you to sell in. And we have a tool that gives you some, you know, some input on terms of what's right for you and when is it right for you to join a big channel or to have your own site or, and how much does that really cost? And, you know, so we we're trying to support that as well. And so that has been a big driver for us from a customer side of our sellers. Um, we have been challenged certainly on the Amazon's really easy. And so why don't we just shop there? And, you know, remember way back in the Me Too movement, way back when, when we cared about how we shopped. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, I would say that we are growing. Our platform is growing at a healthy rate. It's from a small base. And when people hear about us and remember us, it's great. And the holidays are coming. So I always kind of put that in there. That has been, um, you know, that's just a branding thing. And we don't have hundreds of millions of dollars to put the word out there. So we depend on kind of the mouths of everyone that know about us. That's, but, you know, from a structural business, real live entrepreneur, there's technology challenges in terms of do we have the right partner and are we using the right mechanisms to grow never easy um investors we've raised money and we've had great investors and we've had not so great investors and so all the challenges and you know all of the assumptions of you know i'm sure that you're just a great business or you have enough money to do that or you know why are you still working that's the other question i get oftentimes is how much longer are you going to work like Seriously? Really? Or, oh, oh, yes. Or my favorite one that I know that women get asked, and I I would really be interested if anyone says men get asked this a lot. Why aren't you a nonprofit? Yeah. Not all women's businesses are charities. And no. so run into that quite a bit. And so, or, well, can we have a free trial? It's like, yeah. 
Nope. Guess what? Women actually have bills to pay. And yeah. we actually want to be successful business people, not just, oh, well, be nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I've had all, I have all the problems that everyone else has. Don't kid yourself. <laughs> yeah. No, it's There's We get asked the dumbest questions. Uh, so talk about Goldman Sachs. So what was you know, W marketplace going into Goldman Sachs versus mm -hmm. coming out of it. And, you know, the things that changed for you going through the program. What a great question today. And I'll tell you why today. So I got into Goldman Sachs, um, even heard about it through a seller on our site, believe it or not, who went through and that we met and she was like, oh my gosh, this program would be great for you. And I was like, I don't know. And, you know, and of course this is like classic, right? Yeah. Oh, I've been in business a really long time. Why would I need this? And I now, you know, with each passing day realize how much I don't know. You mm -hmm. know, I thought I knew everything several times in my life <laughs> and I'm told, oh yeah, actually, I don't know anything. No. And so that is a regular occurrence. And Goldman was a very good example to, oh my gosh, takes three steps back and really dig into what you don't know and figure that out. And so I got in through a seller. I went through the program and I went through a national cohort. So I'm national cohort 17, 18. I can't remember which one of those. Um, we graduated together is why I'm a little iffy on it. Yeah. But it was great. It was so much work, but it was such good work to kind of dig in. And the relationships I made through that program, you know, were great and fun. And we had the week in New York. And just today, as a matter of fact, I had a call with one of my cohort that I've known that we've kept in touch. And I am working on a giant um, grant proposal for Ghana to bring Ghanese women entrepreneurs, our accelerator training, and then help them bring products into the U.S. and have access mm. to that. Um, I'm doing the same for Ukraine. So exciting and such a cool opportunity for women. But this, you know, one of my cohorts said, I'll review the grant. I've done this before and ends up knowing people in Ghana and supporting. And I, you just kind of go, this is such an answer to all of my struggles. You know, last night sleepless going, okay, do I have the right things in this application? And how do I learn this? And it's so hard. And the second I reached out and said, you know, I need your help. He was like, oh, okay, sure. And then it was, and there's things that you can help on this and this and this, and we can work together. And I was like, I, it was my morning this morning. It was so great. That's amazing. So I'm a fan. I am a fan. I want Goldman to extend their national program. And, you know, like they do markets in New York and things. Yes. And I'm working on them to use us as the e-commerce piece of that showcase market. Oh, that would be fantastic. And I, yeah, like, so I did Dallas. Um, mm -hmm. That's where I'm from. And we have a cohort here. And I always said, like, I thought the magic was the program, like going through the program and you just, you hit the nail on the head. It's really what comes after the program. And it's, 
the people you meet. I mean, just the connections, you know, Courtney and I started this podcast were just about a year in and just, we, you know, we interview a lot of Dallas people, but meeting people from all over the nation has just been tremendous. And it's like, we're all in this together, right? We're all facing the same things we're all doing. And it's those, like you said, it's those little things of, I need this. Oh, you've been there before, or, you know, someone, or you've done this. And it's, it's really tremendous. And I know, I don't know how the national cohort does it. We have a lot of local stuff happen. Like I have, I have an event tomorrow I'll be going to for the, you know, half a day where I just feel so blessed. It's like a family. Like I can't describe it any other way. It's not just coworkers or networking. It truly is like a family. Yeah. I think that it is the greatest example of no one does it alone. Right. You know, everybody says, oh, they're a self-made person or they're an entrepreneur. So you think about, well, they're doing their own thing. It's like, don't, don't kid yourself. Mm-mm. No one ever does this alone, whether it's a team or whether it's, you know, anyone in your circle, your family, your friends, they're all engaged in your business. If you're an entrepreneur, I, I can guarantee it. They're all in it. And, I, you know, the Goldman is like, okay, well, that's a big piece of my network that is supportive of me every single day. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I, I'm a fan. I really am. I, and I just think, oh my gosh, I hope they have continuing programs for the national group. That's, that's the hard thing is I wish that we were together and we have a WhatsApp channel that a bunch of us that met in New York contribute to. Yeah. Well, did you go to Nash, the DC, were you, was it before DC that you went through or? Um, it was, so we just finished, I was in New York in the end of May this year. So we just finished, you guys did DC just before. Yeah. So make sure DC is on your, like on your calendar when they, I've, I've heard rumors it'll be 2025, but just make sure it's on your calendar. Cause it was absolutely phenomenal and amazing. And my only regret is I wasn't there for the full, like I came in for the programming right the night before and just like take advantage of every day they offer. Cause it's just, it's tremendous. So, so, um, What's next for W Marketplace? Oh my gosh. So next really is to expand our accelerator program. You know, I am very intent on supporting women's economic development. I mean, wage wage parity is great. And I am very supportive of that. That is not going to be in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. It's just, we're just not moving fast enough. And the ways in which women are, are going to succeed and you know money talks so we need that money is to invest and own a business and so i think it's incumbent on all of us to support one another there's plenty of room and so for me you know that is giving women the resources and the tools that they need to be successful online is the biggest opportunity that has been around for years it is the democratization of sales. I mean, mm-hmm. think about it. We, you know, we just did a huge cohort um, for our accelerator for entrepreneurs in rural North Carolina. Wow. Come on. You can, they all of a sudden have a global market with whatever they're doing, you know? So there's these, there's these great snack sticks and now she's got a global market that That's she could amazing. never have before. And so I am 
absolutely sure that we are going to continue to build this business and make it accessible to everyone, both buyers and sellers. So we need more buyers to keep the sellers happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I think, you know, for me, I, eventually I, um, I write a lot for Entrepreneur Magazine. And I think I'll eventually write another book because I keep a journal and I write. It's the way I process. And so I eventually think I'll probably do another book. I love it. And before, yeah, I want to go back to your book too, Breaking Borders. So can you talk a little bit about, because you're a published author too, as I mentioned at the beginning, can you talk a little bit about Breaking Borders and and your your first book? Yeah. Um, never on my bucket list to write a book. And like I say, you know, I write to process. And so I spent most of my career traveling, which means a lot of airplane time. And, mm. you know, so I write a lot on the airplane. So read and write, but write a lot. And so um, when I left Microsoft in Wisconsin and, you know, not a great place, I started writing and kind of reflecting on what I was doing. And while I was going to school and doing all this crazy stuff, I had someone reach out for me from the alumni group at Microsoft that said, listen, you know, I know a publisher that's looking for content and I know you have a story, don't know you, but interested in, you know, doing this. And so I was like, well, okay, you know, why not? So I Googled a, a book proposal. What what the heck does that mean? And so she set up a meeting and the publisher was HarperCollins. So that was kind of fun. Yeah. And yeah. So I met with them and they bought the book and they were like, well, how many, you know, what, how many words do you have written now? I was like, well, like, I don't know, 60,000. <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, you have a book. I'm like, well, and so um, I ended up, you know, certainly having to kind of redo and fix it. Um, but I ended up having to cut a bunch of like 13,000 words. Wow. Because it just wasn't, you know, they they were like, you know, structure it this way. And the book is structured with um, certainly stories, but at the end of every chapter, I have lessons. And it's really important. And they're lessons in terms of real legitimate business lessons that I learned. Because as I said, you know, I made several forward moves in my career and in my life, but those were always accompanied by backwards moves and sidewards, <laughs> you know, all kinds of, it's never a straight line. Yeah. And no. So I talk about the lessons that are good, bad, and you know, not so good. And then, you know, life, because I think women probably more than men are more um inclusive in our lives in terms of, you know, there's not a lot of separation between who I am as a professional person and who I am as a mother and a partner and friend. And I mean, I'm all those things. And so I talk about things that I did that were great that progressed my relationships or my, you know, kids along or things that I did that were really dumb that you know, did, did not help anyone. And so I, you know, I, I am really candid about all those and some of them are fun, you know, like I'll just give you a quick antidote of what not to do. <laughs> And I, I traveled a lot. And when I started my first job in Dubai, you know, I went with first time by myself and I was all excited and nervous. And so I packed every little suitcase that I had because I was going to be there for like two months before my family got there. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna have everything set up. Well, you know, it was expensive and dumb to take all those little suitcases because it never occurred to me that I had to pay for all of them. 
And I had to negotiate in the middle of the night being in Dubai with all those suitcases into a taxi, into a hotel room. I mean, come on. (laughs) So, you know, there's real life stories like that. But, and, um, you know, I, I think that you have to be open to telling and laughing at the dumb things you do. A hundred percent. We all do them. Yes. A hundred percent. Well, I love it. Um, I know your book is available on W Marketplace. We're going to have a link to it too um, and, and go there. And of course, we'll have a link to W Marketplace also. I have a question for you that's a bit random, but I have this, um, I talk a lot about it just with women and our, I, I run a podcast production company. So a lot of women will talk themselves out of creating a podcast. Uh, they'll they'll not show up. Like if if I have three, four women lined up for either one of our clients or, or even for this podcast, one's not showing. I guarantee it. Like, and I get, we get a lot of stuff. Like we juggle a lot. I know that. But what do you see as, as one of the biggest things women do um, just to kind of stand in their own way, like an advice you'd give women just from what you've seen as, as women, you know, in the marketplace and growing their own businesses that, you know, they can overcome to, I don't think we realize we do it. You know, I have to stop myself too sometimes. Oh, I do too. I get in my way more than anyone else does. And it stems from, you know, I can't do that. Or who do I Mm -hmm. think I am? And it's so simple. It's like, tell yourself that you can do this and Mm -hmm. get, you know, I have, I subscribe to having a council of women. So they're my close friends and colleagues that will support me, but will also tell me that I'm being ridiculous or don't be a jerk about this, or you made the wrong decision. Find your counsel. And, you know, I call my counsel people every now and then when I know I'm about to do that and say, what do you think? And they're like, get out of your own way or stop it, you know, go. And so all you need, and then, uh, you know, sometimes all you need is that. And you go, oh, yeah. Why am I prioritizing this over that? And, you know, so two pieces of advice. One is don't talk yourself out of things before you try them, because what's the worst that can happen? And second is get a counsel that knows you well enough that you don't have to go through the context. All you do is call and say, here's what I'm thinking. And they will generally say, don't be ridiculous, go. I love it. This is a great group of women to have around. Yeah. It's a great group. I love my council. They're the best. I love the idea of a council. All right. Well, Kate, thank you so much for joining uh, joining us today. I love talking to you. I love what your mission is. I love what you're doing. Um, connect with you. Is it wmarketplace.com? Is there anywhere else you want people to go to connect? Yes, absolutely. Come to my LinkedIn. You know, I spent many years being too busy, never too busy. And I love the community building and I truly love it. So I'm just on LinkedIn, Kate Eisler. Okay. I'm there. I'll find you over there too. I love LinkedIn. Yeah, great. All right. Well, thank you so much again, Kate. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Mm-hmm.